Well, good morning. It's good to see all of you and uh, all of you who are uh, joining us online. So uh, this morning is uh, what we call like a standalone message. We're kind of in between series here and it just gives us a chance to... Um, uh, maybe speak on something that, uh, that the preaching team is like, man, we think this would just be uh, something really good, but isn't necessarily um, a part of a whole series. And so this morning, uh, I, I want to talk about something that I think can really have a profound effect on our spiritual journeys and our spiritual relationship with God. Um, and it has to do with the emotional side of who we are. And I know some of you are going, oh, yeah, yeah, I know it's just a standalone, right? New series next week. Um, but uh, uh, to illustrate kind of where I want to go with this, um, uh, let me tell you a story. So years ago, uh, I, when I wasn't living here in Arizona, um, I was working for a church. We didn't have our offices at the where we held our services. And so there was this building uh, in downtown that was a refurbished warehouse that had like four floors and we had offices up at the top. And then the bottom uh, had like all of these different shops, like workshops and, and wood shops and metal shops, all this stuff. And so one Saturday, I go to study in my office. I go up to the top floor. I'm up there studying. And it's like I smell this like little whiff of smoke. Right. And I couldn't tell. I'm like, ah, I don't think maybe someone's burning a candle or something, but there's almost nobody there on a Saturday. And I kept smelling it. And so I went out into the hallway and it's like, maybe, I don't know, maybe not. And then I was about ready to just go, you know, I'm just, uh, it's in my head. I'm, I'm imagining it. Someone else, uh, several doors down walked out and I could tell they were kind of like, you know, same thing. And so we were like, do you smell smoke? Well, maybe, I don't know. Well, we should maybe check this out. Because this was like an old, more than a hundred year old uh, building, right? Fire codes may not have been all the way up to standard. And we're smelling smoke. Went down on the other floors and just a little bit, went to the bottom floor and all of a sudden it's like, that is smoke. And so we started, you know, uh, walking around and following that smoke until we actually saw some smoke and it was coming from this wood shop and there's nobody in there and it's all locked up. And we realized there's smoke coming from a wood shop. We, we should like, this is before the days of cell phones. So we ran up to our offices. Uh, one of us called the uh, owner of the building. The other called 911. Uh, the owner of the building, hearing that there was smoke in his building, he got there before the fire department got there. <laughs> um, opened it up and it, this wood shop, this woodworking place covered the whole floor covered in sawdust. And there was this little bitty fire, barely even a fire, but it was burning up all the sawdust on the floor and a, like a, a, an electrical heater or something had started it. But it was only 10 feet from making its way to this huge rack of killed dried lumber. And once it got to that, like that whole building would have gone up, right? Um, and I share this story because, you know, it, I was this close to just going, you know, maybe it's smoke, maybe it's not. I'm not going to wear it. Like it's just, but I am so glad that me and this other guy went ahead and we're like, you know, we should track this down. Right. And and it's because of this simple truth. And it was what was kind of rolling around in our head. Right. Where you see smoke, there's what? Fire. Yeah. It's amazing how smoke just comes from fire. And if you see smoke, you could follow it back and there might be a fire. Now, I use this illustration because uh, there's uh, 
a theologian from centuries and centuries and centuries ago, a guy by the name of St. Augustine, maybe you've heard of him. He, he used this smoke analogy and um, he said this, he said, our emotions function like smoke from a fire. And his point was, and what he went on to explain is that our emotions are like an indicator of something else going on in our hearts that oftentimes we're experiencing in an emotional way before we could even fully articulate, before we even have it fully figured out or understood, there's something going on that is causing those emotions, right? That was his whole point. So I want you to think about emotions in this way. Like there's a part of emotions that they're like smoke, but they're coming from something. there's, There's like a fire. And you know, you catch a little fire. I mean, a little fire is easy to put out. Or you catch a, you know, a small fire could be very productive. Sometimes fire is like a good thing. But when it becomes a raging fire that burns down the building you're in, not so good, right? And when you think about emotions, like there's something similar uh, that's going on uh, in all of this. And this is important for us to know. Because I, I think it can have more of an effect on our lives and our spiritual journey and just life in general than we realize. And so here's what I want to do this morning. I want to, you know, th- there are so many different emotions that we could talk about. We've actually talked about doing a series on this. We'll see. But this morning, I want to take two emotions that we typically see as negative emotions, but they are so common. We all experience these two emotions. And I want to talk about anger and sadness. And, and I want you to think about anger and sadness like it's smoke, smoke from a fire. And, and what can we learn from this? And, you know, when you think about anger here, anger comes with so much energy, doesn't it? Right? Like it's, it's one that, that fuels us in some ways. And I know for some of you, it's like, it's like when you feel, you feel that energy and you hate it. You're just like, oh, I hate this feeling and I feel it physically. I want to control it. Right? Or some of you, uh, like when it comes to anger, it's just like you feel it and you just feel guilty. It's just like, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to feel this anger. And it's this bad that I'm feeling, uh, this way. And maybe you're struggling with that, but we're all going to feel anger because it's just part of being human. Sadness, on the other hand, sadness is one of those emotions that tends to just draw energy out of us, right? It just, it takes us down. And I know for some of you, it's like when you feel it coming on, like there's something going on in your life and you're like, this make me feel sad. It's just like, I don't want to think about it. I just want to push it away, right? I'm enjoying things right now. I, this is, I don't want to feel sad. And you just want to like push it away or for some of you, it's like you feel sadness coming on and like there's a fear with it that like this is going to swallow me up. This is like I'm going to get stuck in this thing and it just wants to pull everything else in my life in this place of sadness and I don't know what to do with it. And that's what I want to talk about this morning is like, like what do we do with these? And, and I hope we learn some things that you can apply to a lot of other emotions in this. And my, my deep care in this is that in, in whatever the case is of how we think about it or struggle with it, I think it's important to understand that it, that if we ignore it, we ignore something going on in our heart. We ignore an opportunity for God to partner with us, to either do something in us 
or sometimes to do something through us, that, that there's something that God is wanting to maybe get our attention on or teach us. But if we ignore it, uh, it can have a way of robbing us of joy and happiness. It can have a way of robbing us a greater sense of depth in, in our relationship with God or other relationships. And so I want to talk about these uh, two emotions uh, here and maybe how to think of them under this, this illustration of this idea, like they're smoke. Think of them as smoke. So let's start with anger here for a, a second. Um, again, anger, lots of energy and it's, and it can drive us in things, can it? Uh, when I was in college, uh, Angie and I at one point were both going to the University of Arizona and I was following her. Um, we were going to go study someplace and I was on my motorcycle and she was in her little sports car, like several cars in front of me and we're driving down Euclid uh, road and I'm on my motorcycle and this guy comes flying past me and it felt like he just about ran me off the road and then he passes someone else and like darts all the way over and like gets not on the sidewalk, but like, you know, where bicycles go and like, and just, and like, it wasn't a whole lane and just being a maniac the way he's driving. And of course I'm a little frustrated at that, but then he zips past Angie and absolutely cuts her off. And I was like, what? And then the next light, he gets in the wrong lane for the guy that's wanting to beat everybody else. And Angie just pulls like three car links in front of him. The light turns green and he is livid. I like he's right on her bumper and he's trying to cut in and there wasn't room. And I'm just like, and at this point I'm getting a little hijacked. I'm feeling some feelings on the inside of who I am. And it's amazing how when you feel those feelings, how when they're anger, they can drive you in different ways. We got to the intersection of Grant and Euclid. So picture Grant and Euclid headed north, right? Um, he, Angie was going straight. She stayed in one of the lanes going straight. This guy um, pulls in the left-hand turn lane. And I'm on my motorcycle and I decide I need to coach him a little bit on his driving skills. <clears throat> so I go against traffic in the, in the other lane, cause you know, it's a red, the, the light had turned red. And on the outside of the left hand turn lane, I drive all the way up and gently park my motorcycle right next to his windshield. It, it may have been a little like, and I remember he looked over and was shocked cause like my head and my helmet was right there. And so we had a little discussion in this moment. And it might have got a little heated. And I don't remember everything said up until this point. But I do remember he had a question for me, right? <laughs> and his question was, do you want a piece of me, right? This is where the conversation was going. And me, right? Um, I would like, and again, um, if you're like, what was Glenn feeling in this moment? It's not that hard. Because when he asked me, you want a piece of me, my my. I mean, there was no gap in, I didn't have to think about it. I didn't pray. I wasn't listening for God's still small voice, you know, in that moment. I was like, yeah, I want a piece of you. I put my kickstand down. I got off my motorcycle. I was, I was just like a man on a mission. I was going to just start swinging. Like, I remember thinking, if he doesn't get out of the car right away, I'm reaching through the window that he just rolled down for me, right? And just about as I'm ready to get into a fist fight at, at, at Euclid and, and um, Grant, 
the green arrow for the left-hand turn lane turned green. There were three of them in the car also. This was not my smartest moment, okay? Turned green and he took off. And I'm standing there, right? As other cars are going by and I'm just like... But that's what anger can do, right? When like it can get a holy, like it's it's full of energy, right? And I think back on that now, and I'm like, you know, I could have gotten beaten to a pole. There's like three guys in there. I could have been arrested. Like, you know, like it's just that could have gone really bad. But you know, in that moment, you know what I was thinking? I don't care. <laughs> I just let the chips fall, right? You just right because I was mad. And anger, right, it has that kind of energy. And sometimes it goes outward, like in that moment, right? And I'm sure there have been moments where you have felt the same thing, right? Ever have a moment where you're in that discussion and you can tell that the pitch of your voice is changing as you're talking? Why? Because like, I am so mad in this, like, and the, or you just feel your shoulders tensioning, uh, you know, the tension in your shoulders, you like, you know, your body posture, whatever, like that happens. You know, anger also can drive inward in a really strong way too. And when it drives inward, right, it can eat us up as well. Because we've all experienced those moments where like we feel it in our stomach, right? We feel that agitation. We, like our brain feels like it's racing over something, right? Um, in fact, like, uh, I bet for most of us, right, there might be a, a name. If, if you, you know, if I mentioned the right name, you'd be like, right? Or if you walked in a room and, and a certain person was there, you might feel that it's smoke, right? And maybe it gets pushed outward. Maybe it gets pushed inward. But um, how do we, how do you deal with that? Because it, it's all this energy coming at us. There's a great... Uh, example that I want to look at that's found in the Old Testament, uh, and it's with an Old Testament prophet by the name of Jonah. We're going to look, right? This is Jonah. This is the crazy story in the Old Testament, Jonah and the whale, or Jonah and the big fish. But there's there's a great lesson in here about uh, anger in this, because, you know, for Jonah, um, there was a group of people that, you know, you bring up their name, he would feel that tension that we've all felt over something. And it was the Ninevites, which was this group of people that um, uh, the nation of Israel was like in great conflict with. And there was all this animosity between them. And so there's this day when God says to, uh, to Jonah, um, I want you to go and do something for me. And what I want you to do, Jonah, is I want you to go to the city of Nineveh, which was the capital of Assyria, this group that like, he had all this tension with. And I want you to go preach to them about changing their ways so that they'll follow me. I want you to ask them, you know, give up those other gods and follow me. Give up all the harmful and terrible stuff you're doing and let me guide you and lead you, right? And and Jonah, right, in that moment, probably all he can think of is like, you know, I hate that group of people. I'm so angry with that group of people. In fact, here's how he responds. If you have your Bibles, turn to Jonah chapter one, Jonah chapter one. Third verse into it, right? We see Jonah's reaction to God's uh, request here. Here's what it says, verse three. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. Um, he went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for a port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish. Catch this, 
to flee from the Lord, right? Just he's angry and it drives him, right? Just like, he doesn't even think about it. It's just like, oh yeah, you want me to do that? God, I'm gone. I'm going like the other direction because he had all of this anger and animosity uh, for this group of people. Um, And again, uh, like me, he wasn't listening to God's still small voice. He wasn't contemplating, you know, what's the larger picture of what God wants to do in my heart through this experience? It was just like that, like just driven. Um, what's interesting though, what, what I want you to see in this story is we know from the very beginning, Jonah is really, really mad. He is mad at the Ninevites. He's mad at God. He's like, he's angry at God. And we know that because there is a moment where he flat out says it. There's a moment where he tells God, he says, I am so angry. I could just die, right? Like picture a little kid that's so mad at mom and dad. They're just, I'm going to hold my breath. And you know, you know, and just like, and that's Jonah in this moment. Like he's like a little kid Um, because it's like, I'm so mad. I'd rather die than do what you want me to do, God, right? That's how angry he is. But here's the remarkable thing about this. For three, so it's the, the book's only four chapters. For three quarters of the book, the first three chapters, Jonah will not admit that he's angry. In fact, the word anger, it isn't even in the text for the first three chapters. But we know it because it's said outright in the fourth chapter. And he just ignores it. He just, he won't, he won't look for the smoke. He won't follow the smoke at all. But here's the truth, right? Ignoring the smoke doesn't make the fire go away, does it? Because that's just not how it works. In fact, if you ignore the smoke, sometimes, oftentimes, it'll make it worse. It's interesting he gets on the boat. He's running from God. And the text says this storm comes up, right? He's gotten on a boat. And uh, the storm is God trying to get Jonah's attention, right? You're going to run from me on a boat? Like, you know, let me shake it up a little bit, right? And so Jonah, Jonah's response to that is, I'm just going to go down below in my cabin and go to sleep. I'm going to just ignore the whole thing. The storm gets worse. The storm gets so bad that the sailors are in total terror. In fact, they start throwing all of their cargo overboard. This is their livelihood. They start throwing all their cargo overboard to try and save the ship. And then the captain finds out that Jonah is down in the bottom sleeping when it should be all hands on deck trying to save the ship. In fact, he tells all of the sailors and everyone, start whatever God you worship, start praying to your God. We got to get a hold of some God that can do something with this. And then he goes down and he finds Jonah sleeping. He's like, what are you doing? Like, you're like, like we're in the middle of the storm. He goes, yeah, yeah. And then Jonah fesses up. He goes, yeah, it's all my fault. See, I'm running. And, and you have to know this about the book of Jonah. And sometime we'll, we'll cover the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah is written in a literary form of an ancient comedy, okay? And there's reasons uh, for this and what it does, and it's fascinating. But here's one of the comedic moments that I absolutely love, and this is all through the book of Jonah. Um, Jonah says, yeah, you see, uh, you know, you're praying to all those little gods. My God is the creator of everything. My God created the oceans. And the captain's like, 
You're running from the God who created the ocean by getting on a boat? <laughs> like, what, what kind of dim-witted man of God are you? Like, you don't run from the God that created the ocean by getting on a boat. And you got on my boat, right? And it's like, and Jonah says, like, you know, the only way you're going to solve this is you've got to throw me overboard, right? And then the captain's like, no, we're not going to do that. The sailors are not going to do that. And then they start praying to Jonah's God, right? Jonah won't even pray to his own God, but the sailors will. And that's another part of this comedic moment. And they're trying to save Jonah's life. But now he won't do it because it's just like he won't follow the smoke. It's just like, you know, I'm going to run this direction. And then finally the storm gets so bad that it's like they're left with this terrible situation where it's like, if we don't throw him over, we all die in this storm. And they're really torn up over this. In fact, there's a moment in uh, chapter one, verse 14, where you see them, they actually cry out to God because of this situation. They say this in verse 14, look at this. They cried to the Lord, oh Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, oh Lord, have done as you please. Like, we're not, we're not trying to tell you what to do, God, but please. Like, they're terrified of, like, they feel like we're, we're, we're taking this innocent life because Jonah won't follow God, right? These sailors are going to get into port and they're going to need to be in therapy for a little while because of, they end up having to throw Jonah overboard to save themselves, right? And here's what I want you to notice uh, in this, right? Jonah just keeps running from the smoke, right? He won't, he won't follow it to see what's really going on down there. And here's where it takes Jonah. Jonah misses that he is becoming the very thing he hates. And this is why this is so important, friends. That when we ignore the smoke and we don't see what's going on in our hearts, we risk becoming the very thing that we hate sometimes, right? Here's Jonah, right? The man of God. Um, and he is so angry at the Ninevites because they're, they're a bunch of, they don't follow the real God, right? They don't follow God. And so says the guy who got on a boat to run from God, right? Um, the Ninevites, they're immoral and they do all of these terrible things and they hurt people and all this stuff. Yeah. So says the guy that is just, caused all of these sailors to throw their cargo overboard, right? Um, the anguish they go through in, in this, he, like he's, he's become the guy that he hated in this whole thing. And it's because he just wouldn't face, right? Maybe what was going on inside. So here's the question. And, and, I'm, and this morning, I want to give you three questions. Three questions. We're going to, as we go through looking at anger and sadness, I'm going to give you three questions. I'm going to give you one with anger, and then we'll add two more when we talk about sadness here. Um, but it's this simple question. Ask yourself this. Do I smell smoke? Uh, and I would encourage you to do this in a prayer. Say, God, am I missing that there's some smoke? Am I missing that there's something I'm feeling and then somehow I'm pushing this down? Um, you know, it's interesting when, especially with anger, when you start asking the question of like tracing back the smoke, one of the things that you find us, and again, this is especially about anger. Um, it's never just the anger. Anger oftentimes, most often 
comes from something else going on. There are more emotions and more things to follow up that you will see and experience in this. Like, um, I think about, uh, oftentimes anger comes, uh, because, uh, we feel hurt. Someone's hurt you ever feel hurt. Cause someone like you felt betrayed or they said something behind your back or they did something and, and you're like, I'm, I'm angry at them. And I bet you are. But if you followed that back, I bet you'd also go, it's because of what they did. It's because of what they said. And, and it hurt me. Right. I think about that day on the motorcycle, right? Um, you know, I am so angry at these guys and I'm flying up on my motorcycle. I, why, why did I get so hijacked in that moment? Why was I willing, you know, to, uh, you know, to, to get into a fight in the middle of an intersection in Tucson? Well, there was a moment when they were trying to cut in on Angie. Like I was afraid, like there was, there was, I clearly remember now looking back on it, like there was this fear moment of like, like, what if they, what if they hit Angie? What if they scare her and she gets in a car wreck? What if this becomes road rage? What if they attack? What if they, and all, and I, there was like all of this fear. What I missed in that moment was that fear clicked along and really quickly that fear turned into anger. And now I'm chasing them down. In fact, someone might say I was kind of driving like they were if, you know, if you were there and watched it happen. Right. And so what you'll see is think about like a moment. You're just like, man, I'm really angry. Ask yourself, is there smoke? And what's the smoke past that? Is there something past that? Right. Maybe there was something that was done and it was unjust. Right. Somebody did something and it was and it wasn't right. And you like and you feel the injustice of it. Maybe it was done to you. And and it went from injustice to hurt to anger, or from injustice to hurt. Or maybe you saw someone acting unjust with someone else. And that sense of injustice, right? You're angry about it. But to be informed and understand like there's something else driving it. Do you see how that makes you wiser? Do you see how there's a moment where all of a sudden you can say, okay, God, I need your help to navigate this. Or God, how can I partner with you in this? Maybe it's a moment, um, you know, maybe in the office or at work, someone said something to you that was uh, belittling or shaming and you became really angry about it, which is so understandable, isn't it? But if you never track the smoke back, all of a sudden, right, that embarrassment starts to turn into something that all of a sudden you start to believe it or wonder it about yourself. Maybe that thing I heard them say that was so unkind, like now, and all of a sudden now you might find that you start saying little things to other people because you're just frustrated and hurt. And now you feel a little insecure about that thing. And you start accidentally walking out a way of interacting with other people that you'd go, that's not what I want to do. I, I don't want to let anger drive me in those ways. But it happens. And so maybe the first question to ask is, do I smell some smoke? And what is it? Because it will keep driving. And eventually, you know, anger fills us with energy. But if you, even anger, and I'm not saying get rid of all, sometimes, right, there can be an injustice and say, I should be angry about this. But understanding how to manage it and move forward with it becomes important. Because if it just goes unmanaged, 
it will, it, it will reach a point where it no longer just uh, energizes you. It will start taking energy away from you. It'll start taking energy away from the things that bring joy in your life and from the things that bring compassion in your life. And you'll find that it just starts absorbing all of that stuff. And maybe you would go, I don't want it to go there. That's not the place I want it to go. So is there smoke? Now, let me just enfold uh, sadness into this. So let's talk about sadness a little bit. And, and I want you to keep that question in mind. Like, is there smoke? Like, um, but we'll, we'll add a couple more questions to this. And with sadness, I want to go the other direction, right? Instead of looking um, at maybe uh, an example in scripture where we see someone who just faces something that's sorrowful and won't go there. I want to flip this and I want to look at Jesus for a second because he becomes an example of someone who experienced sorrow and yet didn't like push it away, found a way to live with it, to sit with it, to acknowledge it. And, and that's good for us. In fact, when you look through the gospels, it's not like there's like one or two examples. There's multiple examples where you see Jesus in a, where it describes him um, having a, some sort of physical expression of sorrow moments, uh, where it talks about great anguish or he weeps, or there's one instance where, uh, he sighs with a kind of this deep, like sorrowful, um, disappointment. Cause there's this group of people that are not getting the beauty and the wonder of what he's trying to bring their way. And he, and he feels their loss and he's just, and there's this like sigh of like sadness that he has. I want to look at one, um, one story in particular, because I want you to see what uh, he does uh, with this. And it's when he goes to what would become the funeral for his friend Lazarus. And of course we know the story, like he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. But when he shows up, right, everyone, everyone that is there, they know Lazarus and they've lost a friend. They've lost a brother uh, in this. And so Jesus in this encounter, um, he meets uh, Lazarus, uh, two sisters at different points. And, and he walks through this discussion with them. But I want you to see what happens right after this. Uh, he's kind of ended this conversation with Mary or p- picks it up. This is found in John chapter 11. And it says this, and, and we get this, we're going to see this picture of Jesus where he feels this, where he's deeply troubled, like this sorrow it says this, when Jesus saw her weeping, sees Mary weeping. When he saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Jesus, he is sad. He's like, like he's moved by this. Ever have a moment where there was something and it wasn't just like a little bit of sadness. It wasn't just like, well, my day didn't go the way I wanted. It was like a dream died, right? All of a sudden, like you just realized like there was a career that I was hoping for and, and, and now maybe something's happening. It's like, I don't think that's going to happen. Or you get news that like, you know, you know, maybe, maybe you wanted kids and you've been trying and trying and trying and the doctor's like, you know, probably not going to happen for you. And you just like, it moves you, right? Your heart, like it's, it's not just a little thing, like there, like it troubles you in a deep way. That's what this is describing. Jesus is like, he's moved by this situation, but I want you to see what he's moved by and what he does because he models something for us. 
for what we feel specifically with sadness. Um, goes on and it says, uh, it says he was deeply uh, moved in spirit and trouble. Where have you laid him? He asked, come and see Lord. They replied and Jesus wept. And it's, and it's this little bitty verse, shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. And here's the thing that I think Jesus understood about sadness that we should all understand about sadness. When we experience sadness, it is like, it, 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 it's like being able to have sight for something that matters a lot. When we experience sadness, it's, it's because it's touched on something to us that is important. You don't weep over things that, that have no value to you. You don't have, right? You, you're not moved deep in spirit. You don't feel sorrow um, just because something of low value uh, was lost. It, no, it's why we have tears at funerals. It's why we ache over when dreams die. And so uh, whenever you see Jesus experiencing sadness in scripture, you will always see it connected to something that matters. And oftentimes, most of the time, it has something to do with relationship. And so what is Jesus weeping over? What's interesting in this moment, right? He, he's got sadness over Lazarus. But the author is telling us it's people in their sorrow. Jesus sees them weeping. He sees them in their pain. And so he weeps with them because that's what's important. And so I want to ask you this question. When, right, when you see smoke, when you smell smoke, when you, when you feel sadness coming on, um, I want you to ask this question. What is important here? What's important? What matters to you? Because maybe God would want to partner with you in something. Maybe there's a lesson for you in this. Maybe, maybe it's a way for you to, to recalculate priorities or to see what matters. To understand what is most important, that, that's going to affect decisions and choices that you make. It'll, it'll, it'll affect how you make those choices, right? Because maybe, maybe there's something going on Right? Think of a moment where you have felt some deep sadness. And to understand what is important, how that would change things. Which leads to this next step. And I'm going I'm to go ahead and just squeeze these two steps uh, together here in this. And it's this. Is there a step to take? Right? There won't always be a step to take. Sometimes... Sometimes we get to see what matters so much and maybe that's all we need. Maybe it's God just saying, I just, I want you to see this because it will give you a new perspective. Um, maybe it'll keep you from taking a bad step. Like, you know, picking a fight in the middle of an intersection someplace, right? I think about it that day. Like, what, what, if, I, what if I would have taken the time to go, Okay, what's, what's going on inside of me right now? You know, even if I would have just taken a few seconds before I pulled up next to that car and recognized I'm also scared. 
Do you see how the awareness of that can change things in there? But maybe it'll help lead you to a moment of taking a step, of coming alongside somebody, encouraging somebody. You know, even just understanding and accepting sadness actually does something in you that, that, that relationally allows you to be a kind of friend or brother or sister or mate or parent in a beautiful way that other people in your life will need. And I say this because I, I've not always been good at, at tracking down the smoke of sadness in my life. I have some, you know, at a personal level, I value joy heavily, right? If you know me, like I, that's, I, I love joy, right? Um, and so sadness is kind of like, well, that's kind of a damper on joy. So when I feel sadness, there was a time in my life where it's like, uh, sadness, why be sad when I could be happy, right? I'll just push whatever's making me sad aside and not focus on that and just focus on a way to be happy right now. But here's the thing. I missed moments of some of the, of deep meaning. I missed moments of what it was to just experience that place. And then as a young pastor, trying to pastor people in moments of sorrow or sadness, there was, I could say the words, but I couldn't meet people in the place they were in because I wasn't comfortable being in that place that they were stuck in in that moment. And over the years, I've learned as I, I can still value happy way above sadness, and I do. But I've learned in those moments where I experience something of sorrow or sadness that there's something to learn there. There's something that, that God can teach me about what, what my values are and what's important in a moment. Something that right, allows me to have a deeper like relational depth that has allowed me. Like There was a day where if you were in the hospital and I was the one that showed up on, you know, pastor on call, he'd be like, oh, darn. <laughs> you know, Because I wouldn't be the best pastor to connect with you in that moment. But over time, it's like God has worked with me to help me be a different kind of pastor because of what I've learned through my own sorrow in this. And maybe for you, maybe that's what God is saying. I, I want to work on that. I, I want to help you connect to some people around you that matter deeply to you. But they're going to go through some tough times. And I want you to be someone that I can use in that situation. You know, I think back to Jonah. You get to the end of the book of Jonah and God finally confronts him with his anger because Jonah just like, he, he won't go there. He just, it's like, I, I, like I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm just so mad. I won't look at my anger. I won't look at what's below my anger. And he misses out. You know, if Jonah, in fact, here's, how, here's what he does. He responds with that, like actually a couple of times. Like he's like, I'm so, yes, I'm angry. I'm so angry, I could just die, right? But I won't look at why. I won't listen to you. I won't let you guide me. I won't do anything. And if Jonah in that moment could have said, you know what, I'm angry because, and maybe traced it back a little bit, the story would have ended differently. It ends with Jonah being stuck in his own misery. He's so bent on not doing something that would bring goodness to the Ninevites, 
that he loses his own sense of grace and beauty with God. He is a miserable man sitting on the ground when the story ends. And it could have been a story that would have ended with him seeing how God's grace permeates beyond our wildest dreams. It could have been a story where Jonah could have seen life change and could have seen like a deeper sense of joy in his own life. I think about that day on the motorcycle, right? If I could have gotten back and went, okay, Glenn, you know what's really going on here? I'm really afraid for the girl that I'm dating right now. There's some fear going on in me. And had I actually processed that a little bit, maybe instead of zipping up in front of, you know, uh, I was going to say, you know, I was going to call him a name. And I was like, I probably shouldn't do that right now. Right? I just, that person, right? I probably would have zipped up and pulled up to where Angie was to find out if she was okay. But I didn't do that. And so I missed out on that. But that's the beauty of it, right? Imagine if Jesus in that moment wouldn't, wouldn't have allowed himself to enter into this moment where he experienced his own sorrow and got to see the, that that sorrow was connected to those other people. We, there would be a passage of scripture that wouldn't be there. Right, that, that story wouldn't have happened. There would have been this absence of some sort of insight into God. But Jesus like followed the smoke. He walked out that emotion. And all of a sudden we get to see him use it in a way that allowed him to engage in life in a deeper way. So here's the thing, friends. When you feel something, ask yourself, is there smoke there? Is there something more there that I need to see? And if there is, ask, you know, what's important here? What, like, what do I, God help me understand what I need to, what, what's going on here. And then take that last step and say, what do I do from here? Is there someone to forgive? Is there a boundary to set? Is there, do I need to forgive myself? Right, right. Think of what that next step is that helps bring resolve in a beautiful way in whatever God is leading in, in your life. And what you may find is that you get to experience more joy and goodness in your life by embracing those moments that aren't so fun always. Why don't you stand and I'm going to close this in prayer. And as I do, um, I just want to say, man, if you're here this morning and maybe something I talked through as you were thinking about it, you'd love to have someone pray for you because there's just something painful or hurting in your life, I want to invite you. We've got some wonderful people in our prayer place that would love to pray for you this morning. Um, if you're new this morning, I would love to meet you. I'm going to be right over here at these high top tables, and I'd love to just shake your hand and welcome you uh, here this morning. Let me pray, and we'll be dismissed. Father, we just thank you so much that you created us with emotions, but we also pray that you would help us to navigate them, to see them, to, to understand how they can serve us and how they can grow us in healthy ways. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Have a great Sunday.